Will the Donald ban bump stocks? Can France get it together? And why do Republicans act like Democrats in the time of war? This is episode 12 of the Classical Liberal Podcast. Your tears are delicious and your parties will die. I'm telling you, he says what I'm thinking. At Rockford Libertarian, at Jefferson Libertarian, you know I'm not messing Libertarians. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. and take back the White House. Welcome back, everyone, to the Classical Liberal Podcast. I'm so happy to have you back on the show today. We got a lot of stuff for you today. A lot of great stuff happened the week over the weekend. A lot of shocking things happened last week that we weren't able to get to, but we're going to talk about it today. Today, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys had a fantastic week, and I hope everything is going extremely well for everyone that is taking a listen. So, guys, you know... I was thinking to myself last week uh, when I was doing show notes, preparing for this week's show, and I was like, I kind of need to throw out some articles out there because I, I read tons and tons of articles every single day and try to figure out which eight or nine articles we're going to talk about and which things we're going to get into. So I decided to kind of make a segment. Beginning of the show, I'll kind of let you know the article of the week. So this week's article comes from five reasons libertarians never win an election it's from austin uh peterson uh, not austin peterson i'm reading the guy who posted <laughs> jordan peterson uh check this article out jordan peterson five reasons libertarians will never win an election it's a great article and to be honest i kind of agree with it and he talks about you know saying that the uh, libertarian party uh, is is basically, it, it, from what I get from and after reading it, about Libertarian Party basically failing on all sides. That when that Libertarian Party is never gonna be like how it was in 2016. Like we've missed our chance. Like as the Libertarian Party uh, has grown in popularity, that Libertarian Party has actually lost its chance. It's not gonna have a redo in 2016. Therefore, we're not gonna get as many people on board on the Liberty train as possible. He talked about how the Libertarian Party it can sometimes be very, you know, shut outish and very uh, mean and crude online and not inviting, which I definitely agree. But I'm not going to talk about the article uh, in depth on this episode, at least. But I at least wanted you guys to go down uh, and check it out and, and tell me what you think, man. Send me back some thoughts on the article. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure to link it down in my descriptions and, of course, um, in my show notes. And I thought it was a really good article, and he pretty much just nailed it on the head. And something that libertarians, especially those uh, who plan to run and the people who are running the Libertarian Party, you know, we should definitely be eyeing this and, and talking about why the Libertarian Party sucks so bad sometimes. Why, you know, it can be cool to be in it, but then when we're trying to get voters and stuff like that, it's just so terrible. It's just so freaking bad, and it's so hard to convince people that this is the better choice, but sorry, we have a couple of assholes in our, in our mix, and uh, sometimes they scare away the people that, that could help us push the Liberty Movement. 
So without further ado, let's get straight into the news, baby. Let's get straight into the news. Hey there, folks. Welcome to the news segment brought to you by Recuro.org. That's right, Recuro.org, a liberty-loving website that you will find all your Liberty podcast articles and much more. This segment is brought to you by them, so why not check them out at R-E-C-U-R-O.org. You'll find them there, and you'll find me there as well. Michigan College plans to defend against active shooters. But how? How do they plan to do this? By arming students with hockey pucks. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is correct. You heard me correct. They are planning on using hockey pucks to fight against shooters. Students and faculty at Michigan College are getting ready to use hockey pucks as a weapon in case of a campus shooter situation. The Oakland University American Association of the University and the president led an effort for the union to buy 2,594 cents uh, hockey pucks. <laughs> the pucks were distributed distributed earlier in November and 1,700 pucks are going to the students and 800 to the union members. And what about everybody else? <laughs> what about the janitor? What about the other? What about the, what about the university cops? What about all those people? Do they not get hockey pucks? <laughs> Guys, I can't tell you. When I saw this story, I, ha- I had to just put it in there. It just <laughs> Listen, I don't think hockey pucks are, are going to be able to stop a shooter. If I saw someone with a hockey puck and I'm shooting up the place, I'm going to shoot that person because I'm going to be pissed. They're going to make you more of a target than anything. How about, I know, grand idea. I, is this crazy? How about either you have armed guards at your school, which you're supposed to have the police there. They're supposed to be campus police with weapons already. So, obviously, they must be they must be in few. Or say, hey, teachers and faculty, you guys can carry yourself a weapon as long as you go through a class, a training of some sort, anything, instead of going to hockey practice in the afternoon and trying to figure out how to flick a hockey puck at a freaking shooter. Like, what, what else are they going to do? You're gonna, you know what, buddy, yeah, I, th- I think they would be better off if they had a Nokia phone, just give everybody Nokia's so eat so they can call their way out and they can hurt the actual shooter. Cause I mean, I don't know if you've been hurt hit by those Nokia phones, but they hurt real bad and they drop through hell and back. I mean, God, I just can't, I can't believe that this is an actual solution. They actually spent money. They then donated money to collect hockey pucks to buy these hockey pucks. And, and, and use this for some kind of defense. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what, what's going on. They said, it's just an idea of having something. A reminder that you're not powerless and you're not helpless in the classroom, says the college president. The college president. Doesn't he know? That's not going to hurt somebody. Especially if you're, if you're in a fear moment. Shit, most people are going to probably hide behind desks. Or freeze up. 
They're not going to throw hockey pucks. Now, I will say, if, if, if a guy, if a shooter came down a hallway and everybody, you know, is standing at the end of the hallway ready to throw through the door, maybe that might hurt. But something tells me when he starts kicking that door down and starts shooting, not a lot of people are going to stay around to throw a hockey puck, let alone put their life at risk <laughs> with such a stupid freaking item. My God. So, black college lacrosse player 21 is arrested for spraying N-word and swastika graffiti targeting himself and other minority students in two incidents that terrorized the campus. Yes, oh my god, we finally figured out black people can be racist, but I guess only to themselves. I don't know what's going on, man. What is going on? And if, if you go see this guy. If you see this guy, this black college lacrosse player, he doesn't look black. He looks more like he's like Mexican or I don't, I don't know. Maybe he's a mix. It's, it's kind of weird. But Finn Arthur, 21, was charged with two counts of malicious destruction of property on Thursday night in Baltimore County, Maryland. His arrest came after he uh, did that lovely graffiti of swastikas and calling himself and other black and Latinos out. Um, and apparently he's done this twice on the same floor <laughs> you would expect that he would be he would try to do something different and, and write these lovely graffiti and uh lovely remarks on um at different places but apparently not says thursday's graffiti is uh, depicted swastikas the letters kkk and appear to include the last name of four black students including arthur and the previous graffiti reportedly said all niggas on campus would be killed so we have this young man writing these racist uh you know these racist things such as kkk and all niggas on campus will be killed and these and all these lovely things but for some reason for some reason we we keep on we keep on telling ourselves that this isn't happening across the united states like i i literally think a lot of times uh, and especially in the in the black community, with the with all this racial charge and this, and this uh, identity politics, a lot of black people, in fact, do incite a lot of racist things. You know, they they a lot of people go online and they are black people and they say these mean things and they do these graffitis and they destroy these murals and all that. Because I don't know if you heard about the Black Panther one, where someone was writing. Uh, I think that was in uh, I forgot what state that was in. Someone was writing swastikas on a black pure on a Black Panther mural. Even though I'm not much of a Black Panther fan and I'm not talking about the movie, um, it's still it's like why why do why do we do that you know you you would think as a black person anybody that's a black person would think that hey you know i've seen my family and my generation go through racism why would i want to talk why would i want to play this game why would i want to you know even mess around and, and and draw swastikas and stuff like that especially if it's not for comedic relief if it's if, it's, if they're serious and they're trying to spark tensions especially on a on a black campus or a, a very you know overwhelmingly black campus why would you want to do that just to start stuff just to put yourselves in, in, in the in the media light man it's it's a shame that people do this it's really it really is a shame and it really bothers me that other black people try to do this and you know whether or not his intentions were hey he hates himself for being black and he wants to join the other side or that he's black and he wants to uh you know show that there's still racism racism in the world so let's you know make up some shit like that kind of stuff is just silly 
It doesn't, it doesn't help anybody. It just makes you look like a fool once you get caught. And it makes you look like a fool once, you know, if that really is what you, you know, what you want to believe. And it's just so, so stupid. And in the school and, and some of the, some of the, you know, the groups on school was like, you can tell this is all about, this is all about racism and the heightened culture of our, of our campus and how terrible our, our campus is ridiculed with racism. Cause apparently there's been multiple cases of this, not just from this young man, but other cases on campus where blacks have been targeted in a negative light, uh, and, and things like that in a very racist way. And just to see this young black man, supposedly young black man, do you know be involved in this mess and 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 write this stupid crap on the walls and try to incite hate it just pisses me off to no other end because we're trying to let that go we're trying to say you know forget race forget color let's stop you know using kkk and swastikas to uh, make them see relevant because they're not relevant they're old news they're there's only such a small margin of people who uh involve themselves with that and at that we shut them down at the debate table and we shut them down at the polls so why are we even talking about those idiots so we you know, and, and when people use their tactics, drawing swastikas and KKKs and, and saying all these rude things and stuff online, we're just feeding them. We're literally, we're literally feeding them and allowing them to grow uh, when blacks decides to use their tactics to raise awareness about, you know, about things that are happening in the black community. Like we shouldn't have to use a black person shouldn't have to go out and spray paint graffiti of kkk and swastikas on the wall to get attention we should be able to talk about that with our community leaders and i think a lot of black pro-black groups uh have done that and are doing that right now and i and I just think i just hate that so people who do that especially activists who go out their way to to make this kind of stuff they just piss me off and they ruin the moment the, the movement for everything and they bring those stupid idiots from the kkk and nazis into the prime light by using their imagery and using their tactics and uh and trying to trying to you know blame it on them and raise more uh more identity politics into the into this into the world it's just stupid let's just stop let's move on we're better than this activists we can we can promote the black community without using their tactics and without using fear tactics we're better than this So this week for the quick update, we have the duo are joining the Blaze and CRTV to create Blaze Media, which they say will reach 165 million people via television, digital platforms, and social media. Glenn Beck and Mark Levin are teaming up by merging the Blaze and CRTV to create a conservative media entity. This is awesome news for conservatives and liberty-minded people. I, I like Glenn Beck. He's more of a libertarian. And Mark Levin, he's okay sometimes, but great too great shows and a very quick update because we've been looking out for this this has been this has been in the woods for a while now maybe about for a month or so and they've been in talks of course and some things got released got leaked last week so i've been really hoping this would happen and it finally did happen and just and and it's just going to be really great so i'm excited to see uh this new media 
uh, outreach because we've been saying for weeks that conservatives, they, they're tired of the pro, of the current Facebook and social media platforms that they should go make their own and, 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 and you know, and, and go for there and see what happens. So I'm happy to see this and I'm excited to see uh, how this is going to happen. And they're looking for more media and for more people to join their network uh, as soon as things get off the ground. So it will be exciting to see and, 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 and kind of figure out what the hell is going to happen. And that's your quickie for the week. So Donald Trump and the president of China has actually come to an agreement a or more like a trade truce with no additional tariffs uh, being placed on China after January 1st. So if you guys didn't know, uh, on January 1st of 2019, there will be more there was going to be more tariffs added on to this trade war, but they have apparently come to a truce after their G20 uh, meeting this past week in Argentina. So great news for us and possibly great news uh, for Donald Trump and his plan. Now, last week, or maybe about two weeks ago on one of the episodes, I I, I was mad. I think it was last week because I was talking about GM. And I was getting mad because, you know, GM is getting ready to cut about 14,000 people uh, from their work because of, this, because of the tariffs. When they say it's not because of tariffs, but it's because of the tariffs, because of car parts and aluminum and still being so hard to import into America uh, without paying a hefty price because of Mr. Trump's trade war. But if Trump is able to bring these people brings the Chinese to the top to the table and come out with a, a better deal for Americans trading wise, then this might be a good Trump moment. But then again, I always think back to all the companies he's also hurting. I mean, when we talk about tariffs, you know, and if some of you guys don't understand the lingo, tariffs are taxes, taxes on imports and exports. So things are coming into our country, we tax, and things are going out of the country, another country may tax once it gets there. And so you're raising taxes on these goods that will be put to the consumer, and this money will have will have to be made up somewhere, right? Which will be made up on the consumer end, which means we will have to pay more money when it comes to cars and different things. Uh, that the U.S. are is taxing higher from China, and so th- with this trade agreement, th- there's or with this trade war, there's two sides to it. There's bringing China back to the table and making deals, making you know our deals better, especially for our consumers. Because if Trump's able to actually, you know, say, "Hey, I don't want any tariffs," or "Hey, I want to make." Uh, as low as tariffs as possible. I'm glad you come to the table. That will be great for consumers. But then again, it will hurt us as well. It has been hurting us, as you can see from you know our farms, our soybean farms, from our from our just our from our uh, manufacturing farm, uh, uh, you know, facilities, from car facilities, from uh, just tons and tons of different areas where Americans are getting hurt. And I'm not saying that China's not being hurt because China's actually feeling it feeling way more pressure than us at this point in time, which I've discussed before in another episode. Um, but it's just, does this war, will this war really pan out to be something that is necessary? Will this trade war actually help America in the long run? And if it does, how are we going to frame it? Because obviously we're hurting now. Most certain businesses are hurting. Jobs are being cut. Jobs are being created over the tariffs. And our, our partner, our, our largest trading partner, they're being hurt. 
which affects other economies and which affects other uh, things that are uh, that has been um, actually you know planned out and and coming to us in the near future. So I, I I'm just interested to see. I'm really interested to see uh, what Trump is going to do and what this deal that they may have made over at the G20 summit. Uh, is going to come out to be. So when we get closer to that, I'll keep you guys updated. And as you know, China is one of my one of my scary, scary, scary dreams and one of the biggest countries that I am actually legitimately afraid of and like to keep eyes on. So as soon as we get updates on exactly what they discussed or and what the uh, the truce is going to have in it or you know what the new trade agreement uh, may be, I will definitely keep you guys in the loop. A gun stock or shoulder stock is the butt of a long gun, such as a rifle, that is placed against the user's shoulder when firing the gun to steady for better aim and to absorb recoil. A bump fire stock is a stock with a sliding feature that modifies a semi-automatic rifle to create a more rapid a more rapid rate of fire by using the recoil for each succession discharge of the rifle to automatically push the trigger against the user's finger and discharge the rifle again. The shooter simply squeezes and holds the trigger and the firearm unloads the magazine in a rapid succession. That, ladies and gentlemen, what I just explained to you is what a bump stock does for your weapon. Okay, and Trump is legitimately trying to ban this. He is on course to ban this. But guess what? Guess who did not ban it and could have banned it and had the right, had the right and had the backing to do it? Mr. Obama. That's right. Your lovely black president that did not take away your guns as much as people people out there like to say. During the Obama administration, the Justice Department or Bureau of Alcohol and Tobacco Firearms and Explosives classified bump stocks as firearm parts or accessories that are not subject to federal regulation. So, the upcoming rule changes will make Republican, hey, a Republican, Mr. Trump, will be stricter, stricter than Obama on firearms. My God, Do you, are, are we are, are are we listening? That Republicans are the ones. Your Republican president, the one who has a great rating from the NRA, the one who loves to talk about how he wants to defend the Second Amendment is not really defending the second amendment and he's going to try to forcefully take your weapons. Now, why are we doing this? Because of all the shootings, of course, all the crazy things that have happened the past two or three years with the Las Vegas shooting and killing something 58 something people and then blaming bump stocks and, and more shootings in the news about bump stocks and how people are starting to try to buy them up. But the justice department will be soon making a new policy, and Trump will be, of course, out there talking about it, that will classify bump stocks as gun modifications that fall on the prohibition on fully automatic weapons because they allow a shooter, they allow a shooter to, uh, of a semi-automatic firearm to basically shoot like an automatic firearm. So guys, what can we say about this? What 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 can we actually do and in, 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 in talk about? That Republicans, like I said before, they are just like Democrats when it is convenient. They're just like them. They don't care about your Second Amendment. They don't care about any of that. 
They just want to make sure that they get the votes and they and they aim to, you know, make the crowd happy and make them shut up so they can continue uh, all their other crazy neocon efforts. You're talking to Republican president Donald J. Trump. You're. Your, your, your king of the president of, of the White House is talking about and plans to ban bump stocks. And do you think he will stop there? What's going to happen at the next major shooting? What's going to happen when all these crazy lunatics, you know, do uh, grab a whole bunch of weapons they're not supposed to? And what, what he's going to say, well, crap, you know, since since, you know, they're crazy, since they since, you know, we don't look at the person's actions, we look at the item. We're going to ban this weapon. Are we serious right now? Are, are, are conservatives and Republicans not tripping out about this? Why are we not? Why are they not talking about this? Why have I not seen a lot of conservative videos and a lot of uh, conservative YouTubers come out against this ban? Because they don't want people to, to, to you know, realize that, yeah, my president is like the Democrats. <laughs> he doesn't care. He doesn't even care. But yet yeah, we're, we're still going to let this happen. We're still we're still gonna sit here and pretend like he's the most Republican president ever. That he is the modern new vision, the new wave, and and, and I just don't, I, I just can't, I, I can't fathom why people would even want uh, uh, to even try to argue this point that Trump is some kind of Republican king or bringbacker. He's banning a gun, and he's going to do it by force. Many articles suggesting that it's going to be a nine, they're going to give you a 90 day period to give up your bump stocks. And for those that are reported with bump stocks, the government, the cops, the thin blue line are going to come into your house with a warrant, hopefully, and take your bump stocks. And they're going to take it by force if they have to, if you give them a reason to. I guarantee it. And this is the kind of thing that we see. This is just another step towards government itching into your life etching their way, taking away something that, hey, it doesn't affect good people. It doesn't affect good people. It's only the bad people who use bump stocks like that, right? It's only the bad people who shoot up people. You're affecting the good people, the law-abiding citizens who hasn't done anything. And it's okay. It's okay with Republicans to do this because Trump is allowing it, because Trump is saying it. We should be the, the NRA. I mean, God, you know, the NRA, they don't care. They just they just want profits from and subsidies from 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 government. They don't care. But at least the constituents, at least, you know, at least the representatives, your representatives, we can go out there and talk to them, tell them how mad we are about it, how they should try to overturn this. If Trump tries to you know get it through Congress or anything, but it's not going to happen because everyone's scared. Everyone doesn't want to talk about the person and not the weapon. They want to blame the weapon and not the person. They want to blame that the weapon did this, but not the men- the, 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 the mental capacity of that person who is doing these dangerous and stupid and crazy things, uh, creating shootings. This is wrong. This is completely wrong. And when are we going to st- when are we going to stand up and say no? This is not going to happen. So when Republicans send out the lovely blue uh, folks in blue to your house and knock on your door for your bump stocks, you best believe you better give it up or, you know, you might as well get ready and get shut up. Just saying. So when we get back, ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk about more about the Republicans and their plan to build the wall, as well as the Republicans who are still wanting to fight in Yemen. So a lot of good stuff coming up after 
the break. So don't miss out. Don't don't push pause. Just stick with us. We got a few commercials. And after the commercials, we'll get right back into the fun stuff. I'll see you guys after the commercials. Hey there. Thanks for tuning in to the Classical Liberal Podcast. I'm glad you're enjoying the show. But I have to give a shout out to my sponsors at Recuro.org. Recuro.org is a liberty-loving website that promotes liberty articles, videos, and podcasts. So, once you go down to Recuro.org, that's R-E-C-U-R-O.org, and give some support. And if you're a liberty lover and you make liberty content, go ahead and submit your content on the website, and then maybe you'll see your stuff on the site next to mine. Thanks, and enjoy the rest of the show. Hey guys, check our show out at the 405 Media, a radio station that you can find anywhere on the internet or on your radio, which streams our show at 11 p.m. every single day. So check it out, the405media.com. You won't be disappointed. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this week's episode. I appreciate your guys' time and patience with us here at The Classical Liberal. But even with that time and patience, we still need your help sharing our content, liking and following, and helping us grow our community. So if you don't mind, go over to YouTube or Facebook or even SoundCloud and subscribe to our page, as well as sharing our content and liking it. And of course, here at The Classical Liberal, we really want constructive criticism. So please send us back your feedback about the show and things that you would like to see and things you don't want to see. Because here at The Classical Liberal, we aim to please, at least entertainment-wise. So thanks for listening, and we'll get back to the second half of the show. everybody love the second half of the show get that get that nice little funky music going on you know just like let's get you a little bit back energized get you back into the flow after those commercials you know what i'm saying but anyway got a lot to talk about a lot of things dealing with in fact the republicans once again i feel like i have bashed republicans almost this whole entire show they have literally been on my radar this whole weekend. Typically speaking, it's Democrats. Democrats are typically the ones that really piss me off. But this week, it's been really nothing but Republicans. And I, I don't know why. I can't tell you there's any reason why Republicans make me mad. Maybe because they continue to call themselves conservatives. But they're nowhere near to be conservatives at all at that. I mean, they talk about being fiscally conservative. They talk about wanting limited government. They talk about all these things bringing our troops home, but yet they don't do it. 
Republicans float an idea for $5 billion plan to fund the wall for two years. To fund the wall. Now, everybody, if you guys haven't caught up because you haven't been paying attention to the screens, this lovely wall that Trump wants to make on our southern border uh, on Mexico, between us and Mexico is quite ridiculous. Okay? As we can see, walls don't really help. We see the caravan people trying to climb the wall. We're seeing them going around the wall or, or going around the fence or as of right now. We still see them getting into our country. Do we really expect a wall made of steel or brick or whatever to actually help us stop this illegal immigration? Now, while I'm, I'm against illegal immigration, I would want people to come into our country and do it the right way. As I've been saying for the past three weeks now, I want our process, our process to allow immigrants into our country to be easier and better. We have the technology, we just haven't put the funding behind it because our government doesn't want to. But what we have done is say, let's make a deal with the Democrats. Let's slide this little deal in to make a $5 billion plan. So Senate Republicans are proposing a compromise that will provide $5 billion for President Trump's southern border wall for two years. Many said that they're not there yet, but it makes sense to us and to stretch it out over two years. And they believe that Democrats will be on board with it. So this, but originally the Senate had passed 1.6 billion for the wall and funding in the Homeland Security bill in line with the, with the White House original request. But since then, Trump has upped the ante and said, we can spend $5 billion and that's the amount he's going at. That's the minimum he will go at. And if he doesn't get that $5 billion, he will VT, he'll VT, he will veto the spending package and then allow the government to shut down on December 7th. So we have a president who wants $5 billion to build a useless wall and he's planning on shutting down the government because he can't get his way on the wall. And the Democrats will fold. And if they, you know what, giving any money, any kind of money to this wall will fold. You know, like, I, I just, I, guys, like, I can't tell you enough that I think the border security could use money, but to upgrade their current processes, to upgrade their computer system, upgrade maybe their weapons, to give them better vehicles, to get them better security. I don't think a wall is going to help, especially if it's worth $5 billion of the taxpayer's money. That's right. If you're an American and you're paying taxes, your money is going to that whether you like it or not. Whether you're a Trump fan or not, your lovely taxes collected through our friends from the IRS and from the government, they are planning to spend your money on a giant wall. Really? It's 2018, almost 2019. A couple days away from 2019, and we're going to use a wall. We're going to build a wall to help us. I just don't think that's going to help. I don't think that's what we need right now. I don't think, think it's a waste of time. And I keep constantly parading this. Like, I just don't think it's a good idea to spend this much money on a wall. This is not fiscally conservative. This is not fiscally anything. This is just compromising. This is just saying, well, forget it. Throw the taxpayer to the wolves because everybody in Congress and the Senate will be okay. We'll make the people pay for it. We'll make someone useless who doesn't care pay for it. That's what Congress see. That's what Republicans see. And they continue to do this. This is an ongoing thing. 
Listen, my conservative buddies, you guys have to get out to your conservative representatives and tell them this is wrong. We don't need this. We need to update our systems. We need to train and hire more people. But we don't need to build a wall. It's useless. It's not going to work. Try again. So this weekend and for the past three weekends, there has been protests in Paris, leaving 110 injured and hundreds more arrested. It's the worst ride in decades. For more than two weeks now, protests angry over gas taxes and high cost of living have been blocking roads across France, impeding access to fuel deports, shopping malls, airports, and even some government buildings. The riot police were overrun on Saturday as pro protesters brought chaos to Paris' fanciest neighborhoods, torching dozens of cars, looting great stores, and smashing up luxury private homes and cafes in the with the worst disturbance in the capital since 1968. So, if you guys don't know or haven't been paying attention, there's been these protests in France, and these and these protesters have been pretty violent. They've been burning cars, they've been knocking stuff over, they've been attacking police officers. They've been pretty crazy. But who are these protesters, and and why? Because I, I don't I don't really see the news all that much reporting on it. So riot police, of course, were overrun, as I said before, by these protesters. And these protesters are called the Yellow Jacket Activists, right? So these Yellow Jacket Activists, these French drivers are obligated to carry, uh, they, you know, they carry these uh, vests in these cars. Everyone uh, usually works, carry these yellow vests, and they took them out. And now they're raging with them on the streets and calling them the Yellow Jackets. Actually, uh, the, it, the Yellow Jacket refers to, I, forgot, I don't even know how to say the word in French, but it was this it was this older movement, and now they're of course you know they, they used it, and and basically with the riots, the Yellow Jacket activists basically began online as an impromptu rebellion against the higher fuel prices, but now have morphed into this broader broader outpouring of anger over the squeeze of living, the costs in France, and uh, of course putting the middle class household budgets up, up, and up, and up, and more. So people are are mad because the president. Uh, Macron or Macron, sorry, uh, has decided to raise the fuel prices and decide to uh, invest in things. The country has decided to invest in progressive ideas that is leading the middle class to pay more uh, for their cost of living. And as you know, the middle class is what holds up a country, the infrastructure of a country. You know, because they're doing the blue collar work, the white collar work, and they're and they're keeping up. Uh, the infrastructure of their country, and now their cost of living has gone up because of gas prices, because of bad investments, because of those progressive policies that uh, they most of them voted for. So what are their demands? Their core demand is to freeze or further plan taxes and uh, or freeze or or stop further planned tax increases on gas and diesel, which of course they are supposed to apparently is supposed to even go up even more in January, and they want to have measures to stop the president um current power because he's been using he's been using his power uh to really steamroll the middle class and really steamroll his country and can you really blame these people though can we really blame these people for being upset about taxes going up upset about prices going up i mean i i, I can't really blame them all that much now i don't really advocate for violence and all that and all the junk that they're doing but 
I would be honestly really mad. I mean, they're already digging into my pocket for, and their income tax is way higher than ours, obviously. And, and, and their taxes, they have way more taxes than us as well. And just having one of them raise their living of standards, like, come on, this is the kind of stuff that we talk about with taxes. And I'm not, and, a lot of people do this for some reason. They think that raising taxes will fix the solution. They think raising taxes is good for a country. I don't ever believe raising taxes is great for a country. It only hurts. It hurts the middle class. It doesn't really hurt the rich, and it doesn't. And it affects the poor even worse. Raising taxes does not help anybody, and especially if you're trying to take it from the rich and then divvy it out to everyone, because it's not going to divvy out right. None of that works. You know, the end game here is to get to a place where we don't have high taxes, where any place around the world shouldn't have high taxes, where we're able to supplement government money through different ways. And I think there's a great solutions out there. But as you can see in France, the people aren't really too kind for it and they don't want to deal with it. They don't want to be taxed even higher. And who would? Who really wants to see their money evaporate using a fuel that they use to get to work to make that money? Like, yeah. I'm pissed. So the president doesn't really care. They've been trying to persuade him. He's been, of course, off of the G20 summit in Argentina. So he's been kind of away from home this past weekend. Um, and he just, he's just being steadfast. He's sitting here saying that he's going to continue with the first, continue with, um, the taxes. He's going to continue with what he's doing and he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He'll send out more riot police and all the things like that. But if you guys did not see, uh, uh, see, there's a couple of videos where there's been uh, fire marshals and uh, fire squads and uh, police officers turning their back to their government officials. You know, they have to line up and the government officials tell them what's going on. But they've been turning their back and showing in solidarity with the people that they do not like the taxes and see the hurt that it's going to give to the middle class. So I'm glad that the people are banding together against their government, showing that their government was wrong. I hope something comes to this. I hope this young president really sees that he can't just go into the office and decide to do willy-nilly um, and see that the people are in charge. And maybe and hopefully uh, things will change and he'll lower the taxes or something or some kind of compromise will come because France is being destroyed right now and it's not by immigrants, it's by the people. And of course the government. So late last Wednesday, an overwhelming majority of the United States senators approved a measure to debate the ongoing humanitarian crisis in Yemen. By a vote of 63 to 37, the resolution was co-sponsored by Bernie Sanders, uh, Bernie Sanders and Senator Mike Lee. So what am I talking about? So for months in Yemen, American citizens have watched their government has assisted in bombing campaigns that have murdered innocent civilians in the Middle East country of Yemen. Though the war is being led by Saudi Arabia, we have given them weapons, we have given them bombs, we've even tried to help train some of their soldiers in order for them to pursue this war in Yemen. This has been going on for three years. This is one of the, the Arabs world's poorest countries and has been wrecked by bloody war between rebels and the supporters of the Yemen government. And this has been happening for a while. So we've been kind of talking about this. We have been kind of watching this. And of course, the U.S. have been supplying their lovely oil buddies in their efforts to bring back liberty or bring back the government so this failed state uh, will not be corrupted or be taken over by Iran. But the rebels and, of course, 
the uh, the Yemen government have battled on and off since 2004. But much of this fighting has grown over the past three years and have been kind of even more bloodier, especially with the U.S. involvement. Um, my thing is, with this whole Yemen thing, for one, the U.S. obviously should not be involved. I mean, why should we? Why are we launch? Why are we regularly launching air attacks? Why are we regularly doing bombings and drone runs? Oh, the Americans say because we're fighting Al Qaeda and we're helping our allies and we're trying to attack the Islamic State and other targets in Yemen and crushing those groups. That's that's what we say that we're doing. We're only helping. We're not involved in killing. But we are. In fact, we are very much involved in an unconstitutional war. Our weapons are being used. Our manpower is being used. Maybe not to combat, but to train, to help, to tell where to go. Why are we doing this? Why are we in a country that we have no business to be in? Why are we involved in a civil war in Yemen that we have no reason to be involved in? Why does this continue to happen? Why does Western powers like the UK and France also supply the Saudi-led coalition and kill innocent people that has nothing to do with them except that they're partners Saudi Arabia their oil lovers their top brand sellers are looking to profit and looking for a defensive position against Iran which of course there's more to it than just Saudi Arabia getting the advantage over Iran because Iran has been apparently arming the rebels in this civil war and giving them money under the table quickly denying that they're not doing that but yet there's tons and tons of evidence leaking, linking them to the rebels in Yemen and leak and linking to them actually wanting them to win and take over the government. So we have two sides. We have another proxy war, just like we have in Syria with Russia and, with Russia and the U.S. Here it's Saudi Arabia and the Yemen. Yemen using Iran and America as a proxy war. That's where we're at. This is what we do. We no longer have to go through Congress. To actually have a war. We just have proxy wars. We just have a couple of drones. We just say we're helping our allies. That's what we do. Right? Because we've been fighting in at least 14 countries for years. Fighting extremist groups. And that's what America wants to believe. That's what America wants the American people to know. Is that we're fighting these extremist groups. And we're making sure they don't topple governments in a failed state. Not telling the American people that we're behind it. We're behind the killing. We're behind toppling governments. I've talked about this before with the U.S. military. About how we continue to do this. How we continue to be involved in this. And I'm so happy that these senators have said, no, this is terrible. This is terrible. I wish they would say you know, more things about Syria. More things uh, about Afghanistan. But this in particular, it's terrible. Let's talk about it. But yet... Our Republican friends don't want to talk about it. Our Republican friends don't care because there are 37 of them. 37 that do not want to talk about this. 37 Senate members 
Republicans don't want to talk about or debate the ongoing crisis in Yemen. The people who cry about the military, cry about your sons and daughters dying, crying about trying to stop war. But yet, 37 of them here, it's a pretty big amount of Republicans don't want to talk about it. They don't want to mention it. They don't want to be on your TV screen. They don't They don't care. They want to play it as just let it happen. Let it continue to happen. It's okay. Let's not mention it, right? You have to have some, you know, other uh, media outlets, lower media outlets talk about it. Try to keep it off MSNBC. Try to keep it off Fox. Let's not let the people know that we know there's a name <laughs> every single Republican uh, that that voted no against this. But know that many of them are pretty famous, like Mr. Rubio, Mr. Scott. Some of them are pretty famous. Some of them are not. Some of them you probably don't even know. But yet, I, I just, I can't, we can't sit here and let this happen. We can't sit here and, and let the Republicans in office let this go. I'm talking to my conservative folks who have been voting for Republicans for a very long time. No, they are just like the Democrats. And it's shocking that the Democrats want to talk about this and the Republicans don't. It's shocking to me. I expected more Democrats to say, no, let it, let it continue versus Republicans saying no. Right? We're talking about people dying. We're talking about we're giving weapons to a country that's causing a war, that's trying to take over a government for a defensive position against Iran. We're talking about we're talking about a, a, another country doing business with a country who, who doesn't care about freedom of speech and decides to kill journalists when they want to, like a hitman, like a mob, decides to wage war across the Middle East because they believe to be the country that should lead the Middle East into this new prosperous era. That's who we're helping. That's who these 37 senators don't want to talk about. All the oil folks, lobbyists, and all the oil uh, people that are in their pockets. You know, those are these senators. Those are these people. Those are the Republican Party. The very people who are supposed to be limited government conservatives. People who are supposed to be fiscally responsible. People who want to come out of war and put America first. These are the very same people who like to play God in the Middle East. That's what is going on, folks. That is what's happening, and we're letting it happen. That's what makes me so mad. We're letting this happen. We are, because we're too focused on our day-to-days. Right? We don't care about Yemen. Most people don't even know what Yemen is. Probably got to Google it while you're listening to this show. Because we don't pay attention. But at least someone brought it up. At least someone wrote an article about it. At least someone's making a video and a podcast about it. At least something is going on. At least somebody somewhere is hearing. And I hope somebody out there is hearing this and understands that we need to stop these people. And these people are our representatives, are our senators. Vote them out. Write a letter. Tell them, yes, we need to talk about why we're selling arms to these people. Yes, why are we drone striking families? Yes. Why, are, why is our foreign policy so shitty? Why are we doing this? Can we stop the murder? Can we stop and bring these, bring our equipment home, bring our money home, stop dealing with countries like Saudi Arabia? 
who just goes off and kills people willy-nilly, who just goes off and start wars, proxy wars? Have we not learned our lesson? I guess not. I guess we have not learned our lesson. Maybe one day, maybe one day we will. We'll find out. You know, sometimes I, I wonder why why do we constantly fight over whether or not conservatives are truly and honestly conservative? I don't understand why voters cannot positively see that the party is no longer fiscal responsible. They're no longer about limited government. They're no longer about the American people. Like, it seems to escape them. With all the stuff that's happening, Trump's banned, Yemen, all this stuff that we talked about today, something that conservatives are supposed to be conservative about. Even the wall. They continue, they continue to show that they're not so conservative. But you know, who am I? I'm just a podcaster, just a commentator. I try to show voters, conservative Republicans, that their party has gone to shit and that they might need to fix it. Or they're going to let the Democrats win, let the progressives win, you know? And if that's the country that we want to live in, then I guess that's the country we got to live in. That's how the voting goes. But maybe there's alternatives, like third parties, that will come save the day. <laughs> or maybe I'm just being too optimistic. I don't know. Thanks for tuning in this week, guys. As always, I appreciate having you guys here and uh, enjoying the show. And of course, always uh, leave me with the great comments and uh, give me the best advice that I need to keep my day moving. So as always, you guys have a beautiful week. Continue to push the liberty movement and we'll see you next week.